Well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, everybody. God bless you this morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Greet all of you in the awesome, incredible, amazing name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is a day truly that the Lord has made. I don't know about you, but I feel like rejoicing and being glad in it. I feel like the joy of the Lord is my strength this morning. I feel increased this morning. Come on, somebody. I feel blessed this morning. I feel like I'm walking in divine health and healing this morning. Come on, I need somebody to grab this feeling this morning. It's just too much for me to enjoy by myself, but I want somebody else to just embrace it this morning. Say it out of your mouth this morning. Think it in your mind this morning. This is going to be a great day for me. I'm going to receive some wisdom and some knowledge that I didn't have yesterday, a few minutes ago, but thank God, amen, that he's allowed us to have a place where we can assemble together. Don't have to get in my car and drive nowhere. All I have to do is just get up, man, on time and call in on time, dial the right number, and just lend my ears to listening and hearing what thus says the Spirit of the Lord to the church. And I believe he's got a lot to say to us this morning in an area this morning where we all can make some, some, some upgrades and some improvements. Amen. If we are planning to live a long life of longevity, amen, God is able to do his part if we'll be willing to do our part. And I think our part is to be good stewards, to pull the proper maintenance on these temples that God has gave us and not to abuse them by treating them like some dipsy dumpster where you just dump whatever in them and it think as though it's like your, <clears throat> your body, but it doesn't. It belongs to him. And we're going to learn some things this morning because we're talking about <coughs> school of healing how to live a healthy life of longevity that he said, beloved, I wish above all things that thou would have be, be in health, that thou would have prospered and be in health, even as your soul prosper. And, 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 you know, it ain't no prosperity, man. And walking around sick with tumors in your body, cancer in your body and things we don't understand. And so we trust the wisdom of the doctors, the nurses, the, the, we trust their wisdom. Why don't we trust the wisdom of the author and finish of our faith, the creator of these vessels? Amen. And so we just thank him this morning for what we're about to learn this morning. So, Father, as we gather this morning in the awesome, incredible, amazing name of your son, Jesus, we trust you this morning, Holy Spirit, that you're going to enlighten us. You're going to, be, you're going to reveal to us to some revelation, some truth about how to maintain a, a quality of life. Amen. That we have not yet had the, the, the benefit of exploring, the benefit of walking in divine health and healing. We talk about it. We pray about it. We confess it. We declare it. We read about it. But, Lord, we're praying today for another level, that we'll go to another level at the conclusion of this teaching this morning. I pray, Lord God, this morning for open-mindedness. I pray this morning, Lord God, that there will be clarity and understanding. I pray this morning that you would open our eyes to these realities as they are unveiled in your scriptures, oh Lord God, that they will speak to us, even though it be my voice that you're using, Lord God, my mouth. But I pray that it go beyond Lester, Lord God, because I too are a first partaker of these, these lessons, oh God, that we're going to learn today. And we give you praise, glory, and honor, Lord God. Let it really be like a medicine this morning, as Proverbs said, that the word of God is to be kept before us and it is to be treated like a medicine to our flesh and marrow to our bones. And so let this be the case today. Let it be confirmed by your word today from what we are about to hear and receive and learn and know and grow. For it's in Jesus' name, we thank you for everyone that have assembled this yes. morning, our pastors this morning, Pastor Eric, Pastor Phoebe, Pastor Sharon, who's here yes. with me, uh, the ministers that they're out there, Lord God, any other clergy that are, that's around the, the Zoom area this morning that's Zooming in with 
with us, oh God, that's coming in with us this morning, joining the podcast this morning. All our listeners out there, God, bless their ears for what they're about to hear. And God, I pray this morning in the name of Jesus that we bind the spirit of debate this morning because this is not about debate. God, this is the, this is not my insight. This is your insight, God. And I just mm. share my experience and what I've learned. Somewhere they'll be woven into this lesson to add some more credibility to it. That's it, Lord God. You get all the glory. This is your word. I'm your design. Everybody on this line was designed by you. They're the wonderful, fearful handiwork of God, wonderfully, fearfully made by you and your image. But God, you've given us instructions on what we're to do with these temples. Treat them like they're the temple of the Holy Ghost. Mm. These are not our bodies, God. And so we lift them up to you this morning. We thank and praise you for these bodies. Cause them to function now. Every organ in the perfection you create and ordain it. And we pray that this teaching will be able to enhance us in being able to make better decisions as we look to the future for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. So I pray that this will be the reality that Today. Come with an open mind this morning to learn. Get your notes out if you need to, but this will be posted immediately after I finish this teaching. <clears throat> now, let me say something. This is a huge twist that we're getting ready to make. I know way, way back when, when I had my diagnosis and I told you some things that uh, I've had to adjust over the course of my five diagnoses, it's serious diagnosis, just like some other people, but I'm still here and it is a reason why I'm still here. Some changes, some drastic changes, some urgent changes had to be made on my side of things, not God's side of things. God has always been clear and straightforward with what he said about these bodies, about our life, about our spirits, about what we do, the sorts and decisions we make. He said, let me know that every one of us are in life. Nobody on this earth is not in life other than the choices that they made. Amen. And so I had to make some, some, some decisions that still have me here and I'm still, I'm still living a good life. It ain't the life I would I want to live because I, I feel like I did some things, some abuses. Had I known better then, I would have made better choices. But thank God that he's graceful, he's merciful, he's forgiving, he's long-suffering, he's patient, he's kind. He gives us a chance to learn and grow if we desire to. Sometimes we just get so caught up that we don't have time for God. And then we might fit him in on an Easter or Christmas or whatever. You know, that's how we treat him. Amen. But what we really have to realize is this. The way you treat God is the way you treat your body, treat your life, you know. And so you may not think that. You may think you're doing things you like to do, things that make you feel good, hanging out with who you want to hang out with. But it's a bigger picture than that. <clears throat> you know, you got to be a cognizant of your environment, how it affects you. I'll give you an example. Sometimes when we're traveling, going from one location to the other location, to participate in family events, to visit family. That's a good thing. And you might stop in a, in a store, man, and get out of the rhythm that you're normally in, and you just may grab anything in there, man, because it's a snack, we call it, and put it in your body. And, and, and that's how we treat it, because we've been taught to think about a snack. But, you know, I, I've learned now uh, that when I'm traveling, grab me a couple of apples, grab me a couple of bananas, grab me a bag of nuts. Pastor Sharon goes up to Whole Food and buy these things, man. So when we get ready to travel, I go fishing. Man, I grab me some fruit. I grab so I don't have to stop to the store, man, and buy them old salty chips and then all that old other stuff. Sometimes we still do that, you know. But we're putting that in, in somebody else's temple, you know, and that's junk, really, when you think about it. We say a snack, but it's really junk. It has no health benefit. <clears throat> and so we can make better decisions. We can make better choices. I'm, I'm getting better at it now. 
I'm trying to make sure I wash off me two apples to get all that pesticide, all that spray and wax off of it, you know, with vinegar and water, grapes, the same thing, blueberries. We soak it in vinegar and water because we understand what we're putting in our body. And a lot of this stuff, man, we don't know who hands was on it. We don't know where it came from, you know. And so we're going to have to be able to make these adjustments. And thank God, since 2003, I have been getting better. We have been getting better. My household have been getting better. Have we arrived yet? Oh, no, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I have. But I would tell you this. I am certainly working toward it. And there are some changes just as yesterday that the Lord spoke to me as I was putting this together. I said, wow, I could do that right there. I could do this, too. Oh, yeah, I could do that. You know, all these things that God is teaching and instructing in the word that we can do. We, we have have the wisdom and the knowledge. We have the access to it. We know how to do it. We know where to go get it at. It's all around us, but it's up to us to make the choice to take advantage of it. And so hopefully this morning you'll hear something, but I'm telling you right now for the next few weeks, I promised you this way, way back when, but we did with other things uh, from, from the word of God concerning our healing, you know, to declare things out of our mouth, to, to take the word of God and you know, but there are other levels that we're getting ready to go to. And we're going to go now to, you know, how to eat biblically healthy foods. We're going to look in the scriptures and see the benefits. Guess what we're going to also see? We're going to see, man, the difficulties too, the judgments that come with that. None of this I'm teaching you this morning is going to send you to hell. It might make you die and go to heaven a little bit early if you don't take heed to it. And that's what we're trying to do. Remember what he said. I want you to prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. So as long as your soul is prospering in every scripture in the Bible, it does one thing before it does another. It makes your soul prosper. It causes you to prosper spiritually. Okay. So that you can now grow and live a longer life because you're going to make the adjustments. You're going to come in alignment and agreement with God's will, not your will, not your understanding, but his word, his, the understanding that he's going to give us. Amen. That only makes us better. And I know everybody on this line getting up at six o'clock in the morning is something that motivates you to say, I want to be better. I want to do better. I want to be the best me that I can possibly be. And thank God that he's helping us to get back to and achieve that. Amen. So I want to speak to you this morning. Like I said, bear, bear with us here. This is going to be the beginning of talking about foods in the Bible that God said we should eat and what the benefit of them are and foods he said we shouldn't eat, what the what the, the difficulty and what they can do to us. None of this I'm telling you now is going to put you in hell. It might cause you to cut your life short, amen, because these things have some serious consequences, amen, and we need to know what they are. But there are some things that have some wonderful benefits, and it's all contained and packed right here in the Word. We're just going to open up and take a look at it. Not be afraid of it, not be ashamed of it, but hopefully embrace it because it's going to do us good in the long run. So I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to you because I want our souls to prosper today in the Word of God. Amen. And again, this is School of Healing. Pastor Les, Pastor Sharon Hayes is here this morning to host it. And uh, welcome all of you on this morning. My subject this morning is another reason our healing has been delayed, okay, and not denied is because we have not been treating our bodies like the temple of the Holy Ghost. I'm guilty too, y'all. And I want you to just to simmer on that thought right there for a minute. Hey, ask yourself a question. You don't have to answer me, but ask yourself a question as you are before God and you're hearing God asking you a question. How have you been treating your body? You know, have you been treating it like a body that you have that you own or have you been treating it like the temple of the Holy Spirit? where no unclean thing shall dwell therein. Instead, 
uh, we are treating our bodies like they belong to um, to whatever we desire uh, with whatever we want to put. Uh, whatever we want in them, it's up to it's like it's, we treat it like it's up to us, and we are not healed because our healing requires the appropriate behavior in the right attitude towards our bodies, you know, our life with respect to what God's laws are, uh, are governing our bodies, or how we should govern our, our, our decision when it comes to our bodies, and how we are to be good stewards when it comes down to how we maintain and how we present these holy temples of the Holy Ghost to God on a daily basis, on a regular basis. Our attitudes, amen, towards our body is what fuels our behavior with our bodies. Now, I need to say that again. Our attitudes towards our bodies <clears throat> is what fuels our behavior with our bodies. You know, when you put a certain uh, octane of fuel in your car, it might run better. If you put a right. cheaper brand in there, if you get some, some, some fuel that's got water in it, your car going to be sputtering, it's going to be missing, it's hitting and missing. So, you know, so our attitude about our bodies or toward our bodies, it what fuels the behavior of our body. Amen. And so I need you to just hold on to that thought right there. What about eating the naturally healthy foods that God has given us to be consumed by our bodies, you know, has taught us you know, what they are, going to teach us again this morning, remind us, mm. authorized and forbidden in his word. So you got some that we're taught that are going to benefit us, and then we got some that are authorized according to the scripture, according to these dietary, mm. uh, biblical, healthy food laws, and then there are some that are forbidden, and this is all contained in the word. A lot of times we just don't look there. We go read labels. We go, you know, we do. I do a lot of research, Pastor Sharon and I, but we want to know what these foods are about. You know, we want to keep up. We want to stay up, you know, because if we're spending our money to poison ourselves, we don't want to be in that business, you know, buying the wrong thing that's not going to help us. But shorten our lifespan and we got to get out of that habit. Uh, what about eating those naturally healthy foods that God has given us to be consumed by our bodies? He's taught us what they are. We're going to learn some more about what they are because we truly do want to be healthy. And we want to begin by allowing our souls to prosper today uh, so that we'll know what's authorized and what's forbidden from his word. Now, some of the scripture texts, there are volumes of them, but I was able to pull from all these texts. And I'm not going to kind of turn there, but I'm going to give them to you so that you will have them. So you will hear me saying them so you can go read. I'll read some of them, but but the, the main one deals with the laws that God gave Moses. Now, you have to understand these were people on this earth, amen, that were being plagued by the sin of Adam and Eve in that garden. OK, that was that that sin carried over to every person that was born after that. That curse came because of their disobedience in that garden. Why? They made a bad choice. They had a garden with all this good stuff in it, y'all. Wasn't no sin there until Eve was deceived by the serpent. So everything in that garden, why did you live to be, a, be 963 years old? You know, no sickness was there. They didn't have to worry about no trips to the emergency room. So everything in that garden, man, was there for their health. It was there for their benefit. But they made a choice to eat forbidden fruit, okay, off of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You know what I'm saying? And so the evil was they were going to be sick. And what did he say? You're going to surely die. You're going to surely die, okay? And see, the sickness was they allowed their soul, okay, to be lost temporarily to Satan. That's what happened. That's why Jesus came to restore that back. 
you know, because he wanted our souls to be saved. You know, those, those feelings, those emotions, those way we think, those things right there, those things that, you know, that are, that, are, that are inside of a person, you know. Actions outside is one thing. But remember, the attitude is what fuels the behavior. Okay, and so think about their attitude. They got real lackadaisical in that place of man. That place was was awesome. There was no sickness there. There was nothing evil or bad there. It was just good. And God wanted them to just have a healthy life. He wanted them to live long. He wanted longevity for them, just like he did for Methuselah and all these other people that I, I was looking at the lifespan of some of them. If you go look at the lineage, man, of the first men and women on, man, look at how long they lived. And I was asking myself a question. Why was they able to live that long? The Lord said, because there was no sickness there. There was no curse there. Everything in that garden up to that point when God, before God, it prospered them health-wise. It prospered them because they followed and obeyed the instructions of God. And it wasn't until that sin came in that man was but a few days and full of evil and it repented God that he had made him because he had broke all God's laws. And we know what happened. They went into marrying, drinking, and doing all kinds of stuff. And so God began to raise up men and women with a word in their mouth to go and preach to them and tell them. And so, you know, you know, you know the story behind Enoch, you know, you know, Noah, you know, preached to him, preached to him, preached to him, preached to him. His daddy preached to him. His granddaddy preached to him. Everybody started preaching to him. Why? These were the people that was prospering in their health because they prospered in their soul. Their attitude fueled their behavior. They didn't start preaching because the people was acting crazy. Cutting their lifespan short. You know, and we remember what came about to God. We remember what happened to Abel. You know, Abel was blessed. He said, man, look at what God has given me, man. He brought him the best that he could bring him, you know. And 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 look at what kind of attitude Cain had that fueled his behavior. Do anything at God. Didn't care what we treat our bodies sometimes. We just take and do anything. We just put anything in there. That must be good. It looks like, you know, you know, you got to make the better choices. When you go buy something, you got to do a little research and find out, is it full of pesticides? You know, is there, is there some recalls on it? Is, is it, you know, is the ADA out there, FDA out there, man, forbidding us to eat this? You got you to gotta do that because there's so much out there right now. And we want to be able to make better choices. So, so the attitude that we have when it comes down to our bodies, you know, fuels our behavior. Okay. And so the scriptures that I'm, I'm, I'm pulling from this morning, the first one is in the book of Leviticus. Okay. The book of Leviticus chapter 11. This chapter was given to God, inspired to God, to Moses for the count of all the things that we just talked about, because man was making some poor choices. And so God gives Moses five books of the law. And what did we say about the law? It was supposed to be a taskmaster, a teacher. To do what, Pastor? To show us how far we had gotten off the straight and narrow path. When I say us, I'm talking about past generations. Just to reveal to them, you know, the mistakes they were making. How far they had fallen from grace. You know, how far they had drifted away from God. They had started doing their own thing. Okay, and that curse came as a result of what Cain did. It had something to do with what Cain did because you got to remember now Cain had a family too. After that, he got kicked out of the garden, out of that place. So we, you know, he he's the one who was responsible for for for, for Nimrod and for the Tower of Babel and all that. You know, he went out and started his own thing, but he was cursed out of the garden, out of that place. So he made some choices, and people followed him. 
you know. And then, you know, you had Adam and Eve. They, you know, he said, hey, you know, you're going you're gonna to suffer because of that. He didn't kill them, but they died spiritually. You know, they did no longer possess the attitude to fuel their behavior. Mm. You know, so they had to live. She had to live in pain, giving childbirth for the rest of her days. Yes. You know, and, and just think about that weighing on your mind. Now, every decision you make, you got to be you got to be, you know, convicted because you made a decision that caused all this separation. You know, caused you to, to not live that life in the garden where you didn't have to worry about all those those concerns. You know, probably made them sick to their stomach, just like some things we do today. We make decisions leading to what we think is right and don't even ignore all of God. We will follow man's laws, but we ignore all of God's spiritual laws. But we're going to go back and revisit some of them this morning. So in the book of Leviticus, I would ask you, that's a that's 47 verses. I've read them time and time again. But a lot of time when I read them, I didn't read them with the understanding that I read them with now because we're doing school of healing. You know, I mean, I read the whole book of Leviticus, but this particular time I read it because I wanted to see what are the spiritual laws? What was it that God instituted through Moses for the people to help the people because they had fallen away from grace? They had fallen. They had really fallen and obeying what God told them. And remember where that came from. Now that carried over from Adam's decision and Eve's decision, you know, spiritually died. They spiritually died, you know, wasn't good for them to be there alone, you know without God, without his instruction, without his wisdom. I know people say he, it, he was speaking about giving him a woman. That's what he was talking about. Well, how else was he going to re replenish and produce and re replenish the earth after his own time? That, he was addressing that too. But at the same time, God was covering the whole of man. He was looking at him and saying, yeah, if I leave this guy here too long, man, he not see God is so wise. He know the end at the beginning. He knew he was really taking a big chance with Adam that he would do the right thing. Yeah, you create an image and likeness of God. You're the first man, you know, that created the image and likeness of God. So God was giving him an opportunity to make the right choice. But at the same time, God was looking beyond that because he already said, you're going to replenish and produce after your own kind. So God had future, uh, uh, you know, plans too for man to multiply. But he was looking at him and saying, he failed the first test. I put him out here by himself. I gave him a woman. Mm -hmm. and, and, and what did he do? Nothing. Sat on his butt. Did not share with his wife what God had said don't do. Just kind of left it up to her. But what about what God said do? And that's what we do a lot of times. We leave it up to the doctors. We leave it up to somebody else. We leave it up to the nutritionist. And when we don't go look in this Bible and become a nutritionist myself. And so Leviticus, the 11th chapter, is one place of 47 verses. Read it. I'll refer to some of them this morning. First uh, Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. And that's a very important verse of script, pastor scripture right there, which is probably where I'll build most of my case today. Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, chapter 65, verse 4. The book of Isaiah, chapter 66, verse 15 through 18. And I think every creature is created by God has a purpose. I want you to, that, that's a powerful statement. Every creature created by God has a purpose, okay? And a lot of those purposes is not for, the purpose is not to feed us, even though there are a lot of things created by, creatures created by God are to feed us, okay? But they all have a purpose, okay? Just all of them purpose is not to be food. But not every creature God made 
is to be received. That's a key precept right there. Isn't that's a that's a very thin line. It's not to be received. Even though God created certain creatures and put them on this earth, they have a purpose. And we're going to delve into some of those purposes, but it's just not to be received. There are biblical laws which make reference to the beasts that God's people may eat and the ones that they are forbidden to eat. Now, this is, this is God's laws. These ain't my laws. And when you read the words, you're going to see them. They didn't change. Jesus fulfilled them because he didn't, he didn't violate them. You know, we, you know, let me throw this in here while it's on my mind. The Lord asked me a question when I was studying this yesterday. Very profound question. Stabbed me right in my, in my heart. He said, do you ever think about what Jesus ate while he was on this earth for three and a half years? Mm. You know, doing ministry for three and a half years. Do you think about what he ate even those 33 and a half years? I never even thought about it. Never crossed my mind. And he said, do you say you're going to be an imitator of Christ? Do you imitate his diet? Mm. I was messed up, man. I had to go try to find out what was his diet? What did he eat? Because we say it all the time. We're imitators of Christ. We're, we're your examples. In word, maybe. What about D? What about the diet? You know, what about the foods we put in our body? I said, no wonder he was so healthy. No wonder he could walk those miles he walked. No wonder he could cover that rocket terrain. No wonder he could pray all night. You know, no wonder he could withstand all them attacks and beatings and stuff that he went through. Yeah, he had help from the father, but it was because he was obeying the father. Remember, his will was to do the will of the father that sent him. And so I, I was I was awakened to that that revelation right there, man. And it got me thinking. And I went and did some research. I wrote out a list of things that he ate. And we're going to talk about some of them because I was I was way off. <laughs> and if it worked for him, we know it's going to work for us. Primarily, meats clean and unclean are big contributors to humanity's poor state of health. Uh, blame health care if you want to, if you choose to. But what about preventing and eliminating the causes of so much bad health, sickness, disease, infirmity, viruses, pandemics, and afflictions all together before they make us ill? Cut it off before it makes us ill. Don't put it in there if you know it's not going to help you. Okay, if it's not authorized, that's that's the way I feel. When it comes to our health and healing, some foods are prohibited from our consumption. But appetite and eyesight leads to overindulgence, dangerous cravings, bad dieting and undisciplined eating habits top off with some levels of gluttony. Because once you get started, sometimes it tastes so good, it's hard to stop. Just because it tastes good, look good, don't mean that it's good, okay? And that not, that's not just food. That's anything you consume and put in your body, okay? You know, sometimes alcohol, you know, 180 proof, 100 proof, 80 proof, you know, we don't, care, we don't care about that stuff anymore. We like the after effects. You know, then when my liver is hard, it's all rock, you know, cirrhosis liver, they call it. Now I'm trying to, God, I need you to heal me. God, I need a miracle, you know? Leviticus teaches to avoid eating these things or putting these things or consuming these things. It teaches us that. Now, some of the food that you're going to cross in the book of Leviticus, these laws God gave Moses to, 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 to show the people, uh, you know, 
Now, those laws were given back then. Now, you got to understand where we're living at today. This is over 2,750 years later. So there's been a lot of modernization. There's been a lot of new breeds of domestic animals out there. So there's been a lot of things that have changed. But the basic premise and the basic concepts and the basic laws are there. And Leviticus makes it very clear. It categorizes all of the, the animals that are forbidden to be eaten by man and all of the ones that are allowed, okay? And those laws have not changed. Now, some of the Jewish people still practice those laws. Some of the other religions still practice those laws, which is a good thing, you know. But we have to be concerned about what do we practice as Christians. You have to remember what Christians, when we were called Christians, it was people now that had heard the gospel that was preached to the Jews first. Remember, they would, they would, this was given to them first by Moses, to the Jews. But then they disobeyed it. They didn't want to hear it. They, they, they went on and did what they wanted to do regardless. And guess what happened? The Lord sent them into captivity to teach them that man shall not live by bread alone, but by everywhere that proceed out of the mouth of God, you know, you know, to teach them that. And then he said, now go teach it to the Gentiles, Paul. And so Paul and, and the rest of the apostles came and taught it to us, the Gentiles now. So we got in on it. So let's kind of see what they had an opportunity to, to learn from in, the, in these laws. And let's see where we at today. And, and it's just going to state some of them, but, but you, we have to account for today what the, 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 where we live at today. Some of them are going to be the same today as it was then. There are going to be some you're going to see that are not here and it's because you've had all these new discoveries of different kind of animals. And that's all because of crossbreeding and a lot of different experimental things that have done. And we've created some creatures out here, man, today because of scientific research and, you know, embryonic research and all of this, man. We got a mess right now. And when you think about the ecosystem and how it has failed to provide like it did back then so that there would be enough of these to do the things that God purposed for them to do. And it is causing some reactions, man, in the chemical balances. And, and you know, you got a lot of crossbreeding, man. And it's, and it's creating some creatures that we've never seen before. But see, that's what happens when you leave things in man's hand and it gets all out of balance. And then man will try to correct it without God's wisdom. Mm. And so let's look at some of these here that you're going to find in the book of Leviticus when you read it. Camels, these are things now that we're to avoid. I said to myself, man, why, I, I understand why they had so many camels over there, man. Camel was like a Cadillac for them people and some of them today over there, they still use camels they carry massive loads on their back they don't need much water they can go for miles awesome mode of transportation over there in them sandy dunes always been but one thing they didn't do was eat them remember now every creature has a purpose right it was not for them to be eaten okay coonies cunnies swine uh certain fish species certain bird species uh, ostriches, offspray, vultures, kites, owls, hawks, crococks, uh, cormorants, pelicans, uh, gear eagles, storks, creeping things. There's some creeping things, you know, that you can eat and there are creeping things that you can't eat. This is just a, a small list. And when you break this down into greater detail, and I will as we go through this, I'll break all of these down so you can understand exactly what category and what falls under what category. I just gave you the general category that Leviticus gives. But to really break it down, and I did that, but I'm not going to cover that today. I'll cover that in future lessons. Other foods are allowed for our consumption. Now, the list I just read is generally telling you what's not allowed. And you can probably relate to a lot of that. Some of you probably have a basic knowledge of these things, too. 
They're not going to cause you to die and go to hell. Okay, that's not what this is about. This will not earn you a ticket to hell. It'll probably make you so sick it'll cut your life short. And if you do it forever, it is not pleasing God, you know, because he wants us to what? Know his commandments, keep his commandments, obey his commandments. Why? That's the whole duty of a man, to fear God and keep his commandments. All of them. Not pick and choose. Now let's look at some of the other foods that are allowed for our consumption. Such as fish. And we eat a lot of fish around here, man. I don't know about you. Pastor Eric called me yesterday and told me about some, some new salmon, smoked salmon. I got excited, man. He said, I got some. Tell Pastor Sharon. And I forgot to tell him. Such as fish. And there are types of fish that we can eat, you know, scales and fins. We're going to get into that. Raw honey. Okay, I know it's a lot of brands of honey out there, but it's something about that raw honey. Now, you have to make your, your own decision when you're going out to buy honey. Some stuff look like honey, but it ain't honey. You know, and so I don't, I don't know where you buy your honey from, but here it talked about raw honey, you know, before they do all that chemical, whatever, synthetic processing. Olives, I love me some olives. My wife, she go looking for olives for me because she know I love olives. When she go to Whole Food, man, I can't. Put, I, she ain't gonna make me no salad without olives. I'm, you know, I love olives, all of them. You know why? Because they are, they're they're in the Bible. They're one of those health foods, and and man, it does something for me inside. You know why? It's it's a food that my Savior ate. Okay, when you went up on the Mount of Olives, and when, when you look at that landscape and do some research, you'll see all those olive trees. That was the number one fruit that was produced, the almonds and, olive, and, and, and olives. And I'm pretty sure they didn't just walk by and then pull some of them off them trees and eat them. They had nothing else. They didn't have no corner store where they could stop in there and get a, a pack of them old salty uh, cashews or whatever like we do. So they probably ate them olives. You know, they probably ate some of them almonds. You know, they was plentiful. Olives and olive oil. You got to be careful when you buy olive oil. Make sure you get the, the, the best olive oil. Do a little bit of research. I love olive oil. I put it on my salads, vinegar, and oil a lot of time when I'm out and about. Sprouted grains. You know, there's a lot of sprouted grains. Some of you have grown gardens. Some of you know what we're talking about when we say that. Pastor Sharon got her little herb bins out here on the patio. Sometimes she get ready to cook. She'll go out there and grab stuff. And, you know, I'll be seeing stuff over there in the beans and whatnot. I'll be like, what is that? I know she done went out there, man, and pulled up some things out of her out of her little herb garden out there and put in the food. And it, it, and it adds a, a, a different taste to it. You know, it's very good for seasoning. Uh, sprouted grains, and that's just, that's not all of them. There's a whole category here. Certain breads, you can't just eat everything. I don't eat white bread, period, okay? I don't eat white bread, period, because it's been bleached. The flour been bleached. That's right. It's been bleached. And so you're not only getting the bread, you're putting the bleach in there, too. You know, mm -hmm. don't do what Donald Trump told you to do. Use bleach to try to get rid of COVID. I'm not saying that's what people do. Some people just like white bread. I grew up on white bread. Goat or lamb's milk. Now, that was their diet back then. They had goats. They had lambs. They had cows. But you didn't see them drinking a lot of cow milk, and that kind of bothered me. It's because they worshiped the cow. They ate, they ate beef now. But they, their primary milk for, their, for raising their offspring was goat and lamb's milk. Now, growing up, I knew some people that said they gave their baby goat's milk. They had goats. They milked them. And, they, you know, and, and when I was in Europe, they raised sheep. Everywhere you went to train, you saw sheep. And they would milk those sheep, you know, sheep. And, and they ate lamb. They, they actually ate the sheep. You know, now I don't know whether I've ever ate, eat, eat any sheep, but that was a part of their diet. You know, they had goats. They had lambs. And in and, 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 and some translation, the word goat here actually means lamb. It actually means sheep. You just have to know the translation in the culture. 
you know, but they have both. Uh, and their dairy products, you know, some of their dairy products, you, if you look sometime and, and follow some of the pictures that are in, that are in some of the Bibles and the, the, the Hebrew translations, they'll give you pictures. And you'll see these, these women with these sure things churning this, this, this cheese, making this stuff. They, they made it. And they took the milk and I don't know what, what they put it, but they churned it. They made it. And that's what they ate, those cheeses. And if you ever travel to some of these exotic places, man, man, they have some cheeses, man. I mean, goat's cheese, you know, it, it, it's really good, healthy stuff. And that may not smell all that hot, but it sure tastes good on some broaching and on some crackers, man. You know, and I never got sick from eating it, you know. But those were their dairy products. The other category is fruits. Okay. All, I mean, I love all. I mean, fruit for me, man, that's big in our. We, I love all fruit. I'm sitting there now looking at bananas, apples, you know. I got a watermelon in front of me, grapes. I had some grapes last night with my supper. I got cherries in there, white cherries, red cherries, blueberries. You know, fruit is just a part of who, who we are. You know, got so much anti-inflammatory properties in it, man. You know, fight cancer in your body, man. You know, and I'm like, I'm, I'm looking in the script and saying, man, it's, it's right there. So we eating according to these healthy foods that are in the word. Spices, by sharing. I look up there in the cabin, man, I can put, I can put spice on anything I cook. Because we got a whole cabin. And, and I know a lot of y'all do too. But make sure you got the right spices because there's a, lot of, there's a lot of counterfeits out there. Got the name, but it ain't really spice. Make sure you check it out. Seasonings, make sure you do the same thing with your seasoning. Herbs beans and lentils this was a part of jesus's diet that i'm looking at here the beans the lentils nuts and flax i love flaxseed got flaxseed mix up there we used to make cornbread out of flaxseed right. you know i used to just chew them get a handful of them and chew them now you talk about man really really helping your digestive tract cleaning it out man i'm flaxseed that's like a natural laxative you know, we have some other things too uh you know prune, dried prunes mm -hmm. dried figs Figs were a big part of the diet. Remember, Jesus gave the parable about the fig tree. But guess what? As they walked, there were some fig trees that had figs on it. They ate those figs right off the tree. You know, it was part of their, their diet. Uh, figs, uh, flax, locusts. You know, they ate locusts. They ate uh, ball locusts, grasshoppers, and beetles. Mm -hmm. I know this to be true because when I was down in South America, man, you saw grasshoppers and beetles and, and locusts. They, they were huge. Nothing like in, in, here in the, in the United States. These things were huge. And a lot of those special ops guys, they had little sandwich bags in their bag. And I was like, man, what's that right there? They be done caught these things in the jungle because that's the area they were assigned to. They deep fry them in olive oil. Put salt on them, man. That, that was their protein snack in the jungle. Yeah. I actually crunched down on some ants, three-inch ants that they had. It was protein. Didn't hurt me. Didn't harm me. You know? And so all this is a part of the diet. Remember now, what did John the Baptist eat? Locusts and honey. No, no. Uh, biblical dietary laws are an important, as very important as any other laws. And violators will pay a costly price and suffer deadly consequences in some cases. And we have seen this all the way dating back to Adam and Eve in the garden. All the way dating back to Cain and Abel. One offering was accepted, one was not. Now you got to understand what they offer God is what they lived off of. That's what they ate. And if he didn't pay no more attention to, to what he was giving God based on what he was raising to eat for his family, I can just imagine the abuses that, that he put his family through. 
You mean you offering this to God as a sacrifice? And if you just threw him in it, that matter had some weeds in the bundle. We don't know. He just wanted to get through it and get it over with. Okay, that's how some people are sometimes. You know, you 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 you're hungry. You're not gonna wait till you get home eat that meal your wife prepared. You're just gonna pull up on junk. Let me hit through this drive-through, man. Get me one of these old big double cheeseburgers from McDonald's. You don't know what that stuff is. You eat, put it in your body. What is forbidden to eat? And Christianity is what we should be concerned about as Christians, okay? Mm. Prohibited foods that may not be consumed in any form includes, in some cases, all types of animals and the products of animals that do not, listen to this now, this is important right here. I don't want you to get stuck on all animals and products of all animals, but I want you to build it on this next statement I'm going to make. That do not chew the cud and do not have cloven hoofs, you know. And some of the things that don't have that and don't do that is pigs and horses. And I gave you another list, camels, and you can go research this. Fish without fins fall in that category and scales. The blood of any animal you should not eat. I know some people right now that boil blood and eat blood. Shellfish you should not eat, i.e. clams, oysters, shrimp, and crabs. I know some of us love crabs. I, don't, I stopped eating that stuff a long time ago because I made some improvements. Uh, and all other living creatures that are considered unclean in the Bible, you know, not in man, but in the Bible, those that can defile and pollute the temple of God. I didn't say body. Now I say temple of God. We're getting serious with this. Now, this is not all of the biblical, healthy, natural sources of food that we should be consuming on a regular basis for a better and a more healthy quality of life and road to healthy living and longevity as he promised. How many of us, and I don't want you to give me no answer, this is strictly between you and your body and God. How many of us, and I say us because I'm included, can honestly say that we consistently maintain a healthy diet or lifestyle? Don't, get, don't answer me now, just think about it. Don't answer me, I'm not the important one here, but your body, the God and keeper and the current occupant of our temples is those are those are the important ones when when answering that question. What kind of groceries are you stuffing in his temple or his living quarters? Our body, the temple of the Holy Spirit. Don't answer me now. Just think about it. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwelleth in you. If any man defile the temple of God, listen to this very carefully now, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy. Which temple are ye? You know, now that's between you and God, okay? In, in your body. Right. You know, and that scripture is in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, the King James Bible. Because Paul now is talking to the church who probably had gotten away from Leviticus laws. They probably had drifted away because they had a lot of feasts going on. There was a lot of celebration going on. Remember the Passover, big feast, big celebration, where they bring in mad cow, they bring in Pastor Sharon. Remember in the temple, Jesus had to go in there and clean it out. Yes. Why? Because they start bringing, they did not bring the best for the sacrifice. Because mm -hmm. when they sacrifice them, guess what they're doing? They're providing food for the priests. They're providing food for the celebration. Mm -hmm. And they were just selling people anything. anything. You know, diseased animals, so that they would have something to offer at the sacrifice so they could participate in the feast. Mm -hmm. 
And when everybody bought all that food, you had enough food to feed everybody that was there. Mm-hmm. But what if it was contaminated? What if it was polluted? Mm-hmm. All they were thinking about is, if I can make some money off of this. That's right. These people done traveled from all around the province, man, and gathering there mm-hmm. for that. And some of them did not have, some of them animals died on the way there. Mm-hmm. And some of them just decided, I'll just buy something when I get there. And they had merchants and sellers in those temples, man, you know, selling those people all kinds of things. They probably thought they were buying a, a dove and they were buying a pelican, mm. you know. And so Paul is writing this letter to them to try to correct some of these things that they were violating. And listen to what he says right there in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 to 17 of the King James Bible. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy for the temple of God is holy. Which temple are ye? Now, some people get confused right here because they love to go get the scripture in the book of Matthew and say, well, I thought it was only what a, what a, what a, what a man put in that defiled him. I didn't, that comes out of a man that defiled him. I didn't think what you put in you because it goes right through you and come out in the drought. You got to understand the audience that Matthew was talking to, y'all. That's very true. Okay? But the audience he was talking to, okay? You know? And, and, and don't lose sight of that, Jews, you know, you know. Now you got to think about this because this teaching had not yet been expanded to the Gentiles, but it is now. It's because what did the Jews do? If they didn't accept the first teaching of the law, they weren't going to accept. Remember, they just kept making new laws, coming up with new laws, trying to get around stuff, you know. They did not want to accept the law in Leviticus. So they start coming up with other laws. And those are some of the laws that they came up with, you know. They were taught, you know, what goes through a man, you know. They, they, you know, they, they were smart people. They start figuring out things in their own mind. That's why the Lord said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. They leaven it the whole lump. They remember what some of the priests taught them and what was said, you know. And it sounded authentic. It sounded like really, the, but go back to the basics. What did, what did, what did God inspire Moses to write for his people? And you... And you won't find that, that, that argument in that law in Leviticus because it wasn't there. It came later. They wanted to make it easy for themselves. Why? They love them dainties. They love them delicacies. They love eating whatever they wanted to eat. Same way people are today. They <coughs> say it's food. But Paul is correcting them. And so the Lord is telling us today, not going to put you in hell, but it will destroy your temple. And when you destroy your temple, you're destroying what God has gave you. And, you, and we can't do that. When we make out our shopping list, do we place on it at least 10 healing foods from the Bible or do we ever look to the Bible and see what I'm going to buy today? Yes, uh, y'all heard me right. Biblical healing foods. I'm going to be paying more attention now because I see some of them in the Bible. I don't always relate to them as Bible food, but I will from this day forward. Some of the natural ones. They are all in the uh, in there and have been there from the beginning. It just so happens the Bible is the last place we food connoisseurs ever look when making out our shopping list or ordering our favorite entrees or stuff off the menu. Uh, no one body, no one's body, not my temple, your temple, is to be treated as a dipsy dumpster, a place where we dump all this sickening garbage that's being offered us out there, and we pay for it, you know, and we pay for it. Are we really being imitators of Jesus Christ in word and in deed? If so, what did he eat as the son of man while he was here on earth? 
I know one thing he ate. I know he ate fish. Mm-hmm. You know, I know he ate bread. Mm-hmm. I know he drank water. That was the number one drink. They didn't have coffee back then. That's true. You know, grape, the juice of grapes, you know. Mm-hmm. Last Supper, remember? Don't know, you know, do you? <laughs> I didn't either until recently. Do we even care to know what the real steps are to human progress? Remember what he said, beloved, I wish above all things that thou would have prosper and be in health. How? As your soul prosper. See, that's the steps right there, the real human progress. How about the healing of the nations? Mm. You know, we got a lot of sickness, man. I, I started asking myself, and I'm going to say something in a minute that's going to really just blow your mind. Uh, not knowledge and vision is behind it. That's the corporate, Okay. That's the key to the healing of the nation. It's also the key to the sickness of the nation. A healthy church, one that won't perish from a lack of or thereof knowledge and vision. You know, you got to have a vision to get you back to that healthy living, that healthy lifestyle. And that vision is look into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein. There are some astonishing discoveries in there. And these are real simple processes, simple things, simple laws that we can follow, but we just have been so inundated with so much knowledge. I know I am. I'm a knowledge buff. I'm reading everything. I'm, I'm doing research. When I hear something, I go explore it. I go check it out. Sometimes it could be overwhelming, and sometimes it can get you away from what you, what you know to be better for you. You know, it's like we want to go experiment and check it out. You know, just, just spending our money, wasting our money when the answer is right here. Answer. One individual at a time. You know, being in healthy, being in health, even as our souls are prospering from spiritual food, so our way can prosper, our physical way, our living, our attitudes, our behavior may prosper. You know, that's what he's saying in that verse. All it says, a natural call for revival begins with the nature call of revival. I love that when the, that came fresh, you know, I was sitting here thinking and I said, well, Lord, what do we do? He said, well, you got all these people having these revivals, feeding these people all this, this, this and this, man, making them sick. And you look at some of these people at the revival, man, you look at them and they make you sick looking at them. And y'all know I know what I'm talking about. You know, I was looking at one yesterday, somebody's birthday. I say, man, look at how they scuffing down them chunks of cake. I mean, it's like they were fighting the cake. Man, almost but but hanging over beside side of the chair. These, I'm talking about young kids celebrating this person's birthday. And when you looked at some of them plates, I said, my God, look at all that stuff on them plates. Piled up, you know, crab leg bone, rib bones. I mean, you know, I said, my God, at a birthday celebration, I would think we should be celebrating the person whose birthday it is and not celebrating how much food I can stuff in my body. It was crazy. And then they put it on Facebook. I did send him a happy birthday because I know the fella. But I started praying. And I noticed this particular group of people, they do this all the time. Unrestrained. And I know some of them have asked for prayer because they sick. And they're getting sicker. Mm. You know, and, and you know of a lot of situations like that because they put everything out there on Facebook. Right. Mounds of food. And I look at some of it it might be one item on that table that's in the Bible as, as, as something that to be, is to be consumed. And so it's all right here 
uh, you know, not, you know, the revival he's talking about, we need to go back and have a, a, a nature call of revival. Meaning when we begin to look at what's going to be my menu for my celebration or for whatever, you know, can, can I justify this particular food as a healthy food based on the Bible? Yeah, remember now, we're bringing people to your church to celebrate, to the house of God to celebrate. Let's not make the same mistake that Jesus had to go in and clean out the Father's house for, bring it back in. Let's be more considerate. I want, that's one of the things I love about our planners. You know, they're going to have, Pastor Aaron's going to order some, she's going to have some salad there. You know, they're they going to have some food that the Bible says can be consumed. You know, and, and we, we have a lot of sweet tooth people, but we got to do that in moderation. You know, I'm, 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 you know, I'm kind of, I don't, I don't consume sweets like I used to. Absolutely not. I used to love that pound. I may get me a slice, bring it home and it may take me a week to eat it with my coffee. I break off a little piece here, a little piece there. I just don't, I just, why? Being a type two diabetic, man, you know, history of being a type two diabetic. I don't, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to feed into that. I want to deny that 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 uh, enzyme, the, the the opportunity to have extra sugar that's no good for my body. It ain't raw honey, mm. you know, so it ain't no good. Yeah, yeah, I'm confessing. But we gotta be, we gotta have a nature call instead of having a natural revival call. You know, get back to to things that are that are grown out there, man. That the Bible says we can consume good for our consumption, and stay away from the things that are forbidden. Okay, those those animals that don't have split hoofs and, and, and chew the curd, the grass, chew it up, you know. Some cows have double stomachs. They chew it and then they chew it again, you know. So eat beef, don't eat pork. You know, it's just it's just so many little choices, little tweaks that we can make that are good for us. I know Pastor Sharon, when she used to buy steaks and burgers, she would invest a lot of time going all the way to Kansas, Missouri, and looking for grass-raised, grass-fed. That's important. That's what he's talking about. Chew the curd. Not all these, these proteins and stuff now that they put them on these concrete floors and feed them all this stuff because they want them to be bigger, you know, and, and, and people love that. Oh, man, that's a big old healthy-looking cow. They can't wait to get that big old steak that's loaded down with all that stuff. They done injected in them chickens the same way because they want bigger eggs. So you just really got to be, be careful when you're doing your shopping. Uh, this can be man-made. Through mechanical processes, science, or mechanical developments, be very careful. There's a lot of that. That is a supply and demand market out there right now. We grabbing everything that they say work. Might give you temporary relief, but what about the long-term effects? You know, it takes a while for those chemicals to get in your body and react. And when you're taking two or three different medications, sometimes the side effects, man, they they interject with each other and they work against each other, and you might be you be solving this over here temporarily, but you might be creating something over here. So you really gotta gotta be very careful about man-made product that you put in your body. You just gotta you gotta be careful. I'm I'm just being honest with you. They didn't have to contend with that back then. They just had to contend with these different type of creatures that was was for consumption and that was wasn't for consumption and some of the fruits and vegetables and nuts and grains and things that were out there. They were they were limited, which helped. But we got to go back to that mindset where we limit ourselves because you have access to so much and so plenty and you have money now to buy whatever you want. You have control over your attitude. Remember, your attitude is what fuels your behavior, your choices. It should. And the attitude got to be built on these here dietary laws that are in the Bible and not go outside. Let that be your parameters. It'll help us in making our decisions, you know. I definitely pray and need this in my family because I was just looking at yesterday 
my, 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 some, one of my family members that was having a big food sale. And I said, Lord, I pray and hope nobody gets sick from eating all that stuff because it's not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible to be consumed. It's forbidden. And we don't want to be selling forbidden stuff to people and charging them a price to poison themselves. Mm. Got to be careful. But they ain't looked in no Bible when they bought that stuff to sell it. Yeah, I know they didn't because they would have saw what I'm seeing. Natural aid hasn't worked. As you, as, as we feeding a lot of people. And one of the things I sat down yesterday and did research to see how many people, homeless, hungry people out there that lost jobs because of the pandemic, that people, food in America, they're, they're not saying they're running short on food feeding America, you mm. know. And I started looking at some of the things that they were offering to people now, a lot more processed food because they're running short. People used to bring produce. Some of the farmers would bring because they didn't have no market to sell it. So they start donating it. You saw melons, you saw squash, you saw greens, you know, boxes of that food. People was grabbing them, turning, they were grabbing that food, man, because they were hungry. And I say, man, look at that, look at that call back to nature. Now they done ran short because people, the farmers done ran out of money. They can't produce and grow this excess food like they used to because they thought this pandemic would be gone by now. And they were just doing a, lending a helping hand. Some of us gave money to these organizations. Mm -hmm. But them boxes of stuff I saw them passing out yesterday, I did not see no produce. I did not see one head of, of lettuce or carrots or melons in the, in the box at all. But I saw a bunch of box of processed food. And what the Lord told me when I saw that was, he says, look, we are feeding the hungry and these people are eating that stuff and it's giving them temporary relief. He said, but guess what? We're, just, we're making just as many of them sick in the process. That's right. And I was like, oh man, a good thing because of a lack of knowledge and a vision is causing people to perish. The intent is there. It's good. But we need to go back to nature. Okay. That'll help. With, and, and what happens when these people get sick, COVID now targets them. That's right. It targets them when they're sick from eating food because they were hungry. That was provided to them by a good-hearted person. Their intent was not to harm the people, but lack of knowledge and vision caused people to perish because they're not looking into the perfect law of liberty when they pack that box to give to those people. They're just thinking, man, this is food that was donated by Publix, by whoever, and so, you know, these are forbidden for our consumption that is out there, uh, nature that has a purpose, but not to be received. Okay, according to the biblical law, they're not to be received. Can be man-made through mechanical processes, science, all these things. Natural aid hasn't worked. We need a lot of folk, okay? We feed a lot of folk, but what are we feeding them? Feeding the hungry, but making just as many sick. Spiritual aid is something that hasn't really been tested and tried on a national scale yet, like it should in order for each individual to reach their individual level of health and healing, which leads to longevity. Okay, remember what Jesus said, I wish, you know, beloved, I'm talking to each individual, make a decision, I wish, okay, that that would prosper and be in health even as your soul prosper, you know. And, and, and for, for this statement to be made, it carries me back to, Two loaves, I mean two fish and five loaves, water, and it giving of thanks, fed five thousand in one setting, and not one was reported got sick. See, I, I like them. I like them principles there. Two fish, five loaves, water, 
and giving of thanks, fed 5,000 people in one setting with 12 baskets left over, and not one person reported they got sick. Simple little diet to feed that many people. The key was because Jesus depended on his father to supply everything he needed to finish his, his earthly ministry to include feeding the hungry, you know. And if he provided for them in that setting then and also provided for his people when they came out of Egypt into the promised land then, sent spies out there to check it out, they went out there, man, looking at the wrong thing. And this blessed me as we get ready to close. When they went into that promised land, those spies, Caleb and Jacob and those other 10 spies, they saw these big old giant people, strong people, massive people. And they saw the food. They saw the bundles of grapes that were so big. They saw the honey. They saw the screams. They saw this thing, the fish jumping out there in those uncharted waters. They saw that. But they saw it in how big it was and how much of a threat it was going to be to them. Grasshoppers that were so big, could, that which could be... And they said it was a land flowing with